Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot round! I don't. What is hot round? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide-open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Are you gonna get me the oh, ball? Oh, I'm getting you the ball! Get me the ball! Get me the ball! Get me the ball! Get me the ball! I'm hoping to kill somebody. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying. I got a whole lot of money, money, money for me. Bottle keep popping that water up there. It's a party, it's a party, it's a party. Welcome into another episode of Eleven Personnel where we are rocking and rolling here in lovely Jefferson Town, Kentucky. Nick Roush hanging out with Adam Luckett today. How's it going, buddy? Pretty good. Episode two. Yeah. How's we, it feel? We, we made it to the second one. I feel accomplished. I know. And you know what? We're on they iTunes. fired us yet. We're on iTunes now. Is it up? Did up you know that? Yeah. We're on we're iTunes. On rock and roll. And we're on Spotify. We're on all of the best places to be on. It really doesn't get much better than that. Where, whenever, wherever you can get uh, nice sound quality to your ears, you can find us there. Yes. Spotify, iTunes. Yep. Hopefully, we'll be getting our pal Merle. He he might be making uh, an appearance in this show. He might. He's a he's, he's a, a, he's he's a, a rambunctious a, one. He's a very good boy, though. Uh, he tries to be. Well, well, Harry. Um, you know, but yeah, not, you might you might have some hair on your clothes for the next few days, there, Mister Roush. Uh, not not all of us can be as uh, as hairy as one Merle, but uh, maybe one day I'll, I'll grow enough hair to be as cool as Merle. One day. One day. One day. Uh, today on episode two, uh, last week, we, we kind of started to slowly trickle on the position previews, which you might have read on KentuckySportsRadio.com that look at, and I'm not saying he, uh, what's the word? You, the opposite of verbalized is what you did. You Put, uh, pen to paper. Yes. Fingers to keyboard. Exactly. Yeah, because who has pen and paper anymore? <laughs> you actually do. You've got a legal pad out there. Yeah, you see, look really I have official. To- I have to have something in my hand, or then I get all fidgety. Ooh, yeah. Uh, One of those guys. Have you have you done TV before? No, I've not. See, that's, well, I learned like high school, grade school, like the morning show, but other than, I don't think that really counts. See, in like my college TV experience, I don't think that's the same either. Where I, I learned quickly, you, I had to have. It was always a pen. Some people do the roll up paper. Mm-hmm. I think the boss man Matt. I think he does the piece of paper. Mm-hmm. I'm a big pen guy, but if it clicks. You're in trouble, folks, because yeah. I'm just oh, going yeah, click to click the well, hell out of that I thing. used to be a clicker until I married my wife. Now I don't click anymore. <laughs> she hates that's, clickers. That was a pretty good one. That was a pretty good one. Um, but we're going to get into the position previews. Um, but I think first and foremost, we've got to dig into the biggest news that happened uh, right after I think this podcast was posted, and that's the injury of Devontae Robinson. And, folks, it's um, – it's a big one. Yeah, yeah. And so on your scale of rea- a 1 to 10, when you heard the name Devontae Robinson done for the season, 10 being, 
oh my gosh, it's a four alarm fire. Get out. Like, this is just dreadful. To at one, what was your scale of worry when you heard the news? When I first heard undisclosed injury to a key player on Kentucky's team, the first two guys I thought of, number one, Lynn Bolden. Yep. Because he's going to be a really important part to the offense. I'd say so. Number two, might surprise some people, but Drake Jackson. I thought you say, yeah. yeah. When he's not in the middle there, at, in depth on the offensive line is something we'll get into that they're going to have to really establish this year that they ha- they don't really have going into the season that they had in the last yeah. couple of years. A lot of young guys who have played in bit mm-hmm. roles but not in. But especially him in the, him in the yeah, middle. Because if the he's not in there piece. in the middle, yeah, he's the biggest piece. The, the, the only reason why I was like it can't be him is because they released like some four mm-hmm. for 40 thing for him like the day before. Yeah. So it's and like, then, thank God. <laughs> you remember the offense was rolling in the early part of the year. Drake gets – they, can, they tweaked, his, tweaked his groin at A&M, and then the offense kind of struggled Screech. from that point. Mm-hmm. Until he, and then they, he, he got healthy later in the year, and then you saw what happened in the bowl game and against Louisville, which against Louisville wasn't much to say about. But in the bowl <laughs> game, they, they really did some good things. But I think he's a really, really important piece. And in media days, we saw that he's one of the most, val- or most talented players in the eyes of a lot of people on right. Kentucky's team because he made what well, I believe it was 13. Right. But then after that – I think Devontae Robinson's right there with a couple other guys. Yeah, him and Terry, I think, are in similar company. Because in Kentucky's defense, they ask a lot of that safety slash nickel mm-hmm. guy. It was uh, Mike Edwards played it last couple of years, and they asked him to do a lot this year. Devontae Robinson going into his fourth year in the program, redshirt junior season, got his feet wet as a redshirt freshman. Played a lot, made a lot of plays since last year as a redshirt sophomore. Probably his best game so far in his career was against Georgia, mm-hmm. which you want to talk about a good mm-hmm. time to have your best game. Mm-hmm. That's that's no easy. And, I mean, he had his comes easy against he had him. his ups and downs against Louisville. I didn't think he played very well. He gave up that big. He was part. He was the main reason for that big run that Malik or uh, Ooh, that yeah. Malik Cunningham had. That's a nice way to put it. That that was a game where I'm like, what are you doing, Devontae? Mm-hmm. But but it did, was also. A game where mm-hmm. uh, you got to work through your, uh, you got to work through your your. Yeah, it's a lot of growing pains at that position. Mm-hmm. But they've kind of, he was going to be that guy this year. They're grooming and, him, and he was going to be a person that moved around a lot. Whether when they were in the nickel, he was going to be inside that slot corner, be used as a blitzer, be used as an extra run defender. When they're in base, they were going to probably use him all over the place, bringing him close to the line of scrimmage, bringing him on blitzes, asking him to cover tight ends asking him to cover slot receivers. So they were going to ask him a lot. And he was going to be, I thought, was going to lead the team in tackles and was a guy that was going to contend for, you know, all yeah. SEC-type honors. Him or and, Cash. He, yeah. And right I thought he was a player. He has the athletic ability that when he goes to the NFL, he's going to test off the charts. Yeah. So he was a guy that I kind of saw that maybe could be a guy that surprises people and leaves early. When, but that's not going to happen now. So that's a, you know, it's a huge loss because he was going to be the guy that kind of led that entire group, him and – him and Jordan Griffin and hopefully Brandon Eccles as a junior college corner. And then you were hoping those guys were your rocks and then you could bring on, mm-hmm. you know, the Cedric Dort, who's going to start at the other corner, Yusuf Corker, Tyrell Asian. But now they don't have that. Now they got to throw those guys in the fire yeah, right away. they got to figure it out quick. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and we really don't know what they're going to – I we don't know what they're going to do. I would guess they would play Asian at corner – or at nickel – See, um, but I don't know if it's – See, that's where we can have a little yeah. fun here because I think – they move Asian, Griffin around? Because they could do that now. So, when Robinson came in, was he, he, he wasn't – he was the same class as Griffin. 
But Griffin didn't get redshirted, correct? Yeah, they were in that Cash Daniel, Drake Jackson yes. class, which has actually turned out to be a really good class. class Very good. They were the probably the lowest ranked of the Stoops mm-hmm. era, too. Um, but Griffin didn't get the redshirt. And for whatever reason, he just – I don't know. It was the point last year like it, where I was like, is Jordan Griffin hurt? Like, what's the deal? Like, I get that the other guys are good, but I just wasn't seeing him anywhere. He was one of those guys that was talked about a lot, especially in, like, the June, the the August interview kind of stuff. If you remember back to when they won on signing day, it was Auburn was really coming on hard hard. for him. Like, really hard, wanted him bad. And it got to the point where – I think oh. Stoops had to tell him not to talk to the Auburn or, or tell him they'd sign. He can't go there or something. He, he, Stoops basically day. stayed with him on the phone until after midnight so that he could tell the other team that he had already signed his papers. Right. Yeah, which is pretty crazy signing day story. One mm-hmm. of the craziest ones we've had so far. Uh, quick aside, the Devontae Robinson recruitment, also very similar in that they didn't want anybody finding yeah. out about him. Because uh, of how he, they knew he would test in that camp circuit. Exactly. He and he because he tested at mm-hmm. like a four two nine or four three two or something just stupid at UK. It was one of those two numbers. I can't recall yeah. which one. But they got really mad at a reporter because the reporter found out how fast he was and tweeted out. So now every that's one rule you don't do as a reporter at a UK camp. You say uh, about. He he tested at Ball, around. Ballpark it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you 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 give a window because when you give specifics, then Notre Dame comes calling and tries to steal Devontae mm-hmm. Robinson. Um, but that aside, I, the ball was in Jordan Griffin's court, and I think at this point, I, going into the year, I was kind of anticipating you would have a scenario where kind of it was almost like they were a yin and yang type play, where if you wanted. Robinson in more in run support, then you would play him and nickel, and you would have. Uh, you, you, you could throw Griffin in at strong. I think the way they like Griffin, I think they – since we really haven't seen him at nickel yet, and he's a guy that the coaches talk about a lot, I think they probably feel that he's best as kind of like the cover safety. It's kind of your deep safety at all yeah. times. So what that tells me is that that, that nickel spot is going to – kind of be open for maybe someone else, maybe a Thai Asian, maybe an MJ Devonshire can, well, you know, get in the mix. So, okay, I like you throwing in MJ's name. The one you mentioned earlier that I think is – it's right up his alley, and that's Yusuf Corker because mm-hmm. he's just uh, – Came my in first, as a corner. He's built like a brick shit house. Mm-hmm. That dude is freaking yoked, mm-hmm. and he, he has the physicality that you need from like a run stopper and some dude who's – just like, hey, keep people out of the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you could get in trouble if they're running see, that's why on you. But yeah. I think Corker, they kind of see him as a Darius West type, kind of that free safety, but a guy that can scream down and help defend the run or come on blitzes. Mm-hmm. And maybe they, they like him more as a kind of a, a guy that comes up and bumps some people in, in the run game, in crossing patterns, but not as a guy that's got to cover, you know, man-to-man yeah, on the that's outside. That's a good point. Um, now, last year, we saw him mostly in a kind of a special teams mm-hmm. kind of reserve role, um, whereas Asian was the opposite, where they used him more free playing back in, like, their yeah. dime packages. Yeah, he was their dime defensive back last year. Because they're like, hey, this dude, really fast, so mm-hmm. let's just get all over the field, and uh-huh. perfect place, right place, right time, Mississippi State. It's 14-7. to 7. He picks off a pass. Next play, Benny goes 40 yards for a touchdown mm-hmm. game. Ball game. Yeah, um, which you want to talk about. I'm sure you were in the stands for it, and oh, yeah. I just envy you because I'm sure that place was just nuts. That was arguably the most – that fourth quarter was the most fun I've ever had in that stadium. <laughs> it was so, well, it was in, so much fun. And the reason why I was so jealous, and I kind of got a little bit of it at the NFL draft, but it wasn't like a U.K. event. It was just a bunch of crazy drunks. 
when it rains, people just get crazy. Mm-hmm. There's just something about it, like, all right, well, we're in it. We might as well just stand up and get rowdy the entire time. It was a big game, and it was just two two really good teams in hindsight, especially on the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. just beating the crap out of each other. Yeah, man, some of the sacks. And then Kentucky, they, and watching, Kentucky just pulled away at the end. Watching Boogie Watson, like, try to sack Nick Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. Nick Fitzgerald's bigger than him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? Um, and then all the guys Mississippi State had in the front seven going, going up against – you know, Stenberg and Drake Jackson are wolfing at them, and they're going back and forth. It was oh, just man. a fun game to watch. Just a mud fight, and the Cats mm-hmm. won. That was a hell of a time last year. But that was when Asian. That was when we first he but had we his saw him. Yeah. his first big play, and he was one of those guys who I remember when he was getting recruited, and it might have even been when he first got on campus. I was like, this dude's a four star athlete. He's just built kind of weird for a really athletic guy. He's a big butt guy, mm-hmm. big butt, big thighs guy. Built more like a linebacker from the waist down, but real kind of thinner up top. But a good athlete that he's another one who he was going to play already. He's definitely playing a lot this time around. Oh yeah. Now that's that's something that like you know we're going to hear, but throughout the next month, like mm-hmm. oh well, we're doing a little bit of this with Corker, we're doing this with Griffin, we're doing a little bit with Agent, but we're not really going to know until. The game happens. When they recruited Agent, I think they recruited him to be kind of that Mike Edwards mold, that kind of guy that they could just move around all over the place. Mm-hmm. I just think now they're going to have to do it a lot sooner than they wanted they to. They can't just get his toes wet yeah. and let him mm-hmm. break him in slowly. Yeah. Well, kind of like how they did with Robinson. Um, now, the the two newcomers that I think could play a significant role in this in some capacity is one, MJ Devonshire, where you can say, all right, just wa- man up in the slot. Because that's that, you know that's something you can reasonably do is just like all right there's going to be a bunch of other stuff going around you just cover that slot guy and that's kind of what they did with Chris Westry when he first got there they would play cover three elsewhere mm-hmm. or, or you know whatever kind of scheme they wanted to and just say Westry you guard that guy and they're no stranger to throwing young guys in that position they did it with Blake McLean Stoops' first year mm-hmm. they kind of threw Kendall Randolph in there to back up McLean when he got on campus the following right, season. Right. So, I mean, Devonshire, I mean, that was a big recruiting win late late in that, that cycle yeah. last year. And I think expectations are high. I think some people think he can be a kick returner because he he's got some burners. Yeah. he's a, So, he might have been – they might have been planning to play him already because of what he brings guy. to the return game. Yeah. Yeah. Track no, star. So 100 meter. So, yeah. so, we'll see. I, I mean, I think it's a definite that he's probably going to play this year for sure now. Yeah. And the, the other name I thought I'd throw in there too that – it's it's going to come down to how much the Stoops want to put on his table because this is where it gets tricky with JUCO guys um, because we know what Brandon Eccles is going to do he's mm-hmm. going to be he, he's he's going to be a starting cornerback but I'm curious as to what they can do with Quandre Mosley because Mosley it, look at when you see this guy for the first time because you're going to be at practice Saturday correct yes sir for that I'll be there he it's you're like wait Chris Westry plays with the Cowboys he's what, mm-hmm. what's he doing here come on Chris go go get to Dallas. Because he wears 21, he's big and tall, and he's playing cornerback. But the thing is, he played safety in junior college. so He fit you, the mold for what Kentucky likes in their corners. They were going to try to mold him into a corner. Right, so do you do you try to force that hand or you play what's comfortable? That's a that's a tough decision, and that's why Mark Stoops, Steve Klingscale, and Dean Hood are getting paid the big bucks to make those decisions. For me, it comes down to is he better than what you have right now? Is he going – by the end of fall camp, is he going to be better or close to better than – Yusuf Corker, Tyrell Asian, even a Moses Douglas. Yeah. Is he going to be better than those guys? Another one that we haven't mentioned yet. And a, a great point you made 
is they've got blue chips back there. They've yeah. recruited well I mean, at that position. Every person we've mentioned to this point, all four star recruits. At least by one recruiting service. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like there's talent there, but I don't think there's a position that is more di- like you, you, you. I remember Darius West coming back from injury and he didn't it wasn't like he was messing up because he didn't know what he was doing. He just angles are bad because mm-hmm. his timing was off because it is it is such a position that is based on feel and instincts. And that's whenever they would talk about Mike Edwards, he was so great because he's just instinctual. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, hell, you're seeing it now. He had two picks in practice mm-hmm. uh, yesterday. So, like, you have guys who have all the talent in the world, but you can't replicate game reps. That That's just invaluable experience, and you lost that with Devontae Robinson. Yeah, I mean, he was going to be the league dog back there, and now you lost that. And now, in turn, it puts more pressure on that front seven to be be good. Yeah. I think they're going to be good, mm-hmm. but now they probably need them even more to be good, Which, even more so. Did you see the video of uh, Xavier Peters? No, I have not seen oh, that yet. So, they're, they're – UK, before we get our hands on them at uh, UK Football Media Day on Friday, they're releasing these, like, two, three-minute videos where they basically it, just – mesh up some interviews mm-hmm. and they show Peters and I remember seeing Peters like at Florida State I was like yeah, you've been been getting into the uh, dining hall a little too much there Xavier <laughs> getting that freshman 15 in yeah um, man he does not look like that now he looks tra- getting that guy eligible could be huge um, uh a mix of that Jack hybrid spot of him and Jordan Wright could would help <laughs> yeah, a lot. Yeah, it would be so – and especially – because, okay, the, guy, the guys that they've recruited in this incoming class, the edges, really talented. Mm-hmm. But you do – And I'm a big fan of Katie McDaniel. I love me some Katie McDaniel. No, you need to be able to redshirt at least two of those dudes. Like, if, if you can get Peters, you can save one of those guys a year. Absolutely. And just let one of those three between Weaver, Casey, and Katie McDaniel – let them fight it out amongst each other. Marquez Bembry's going to play right away because he's got to. I think that kid can be really good. So, and, he, and I think he would be playing the other side. I think he's playing Sam alongside Booker. Yeah, I think he's going to be a Sam. Yeah. But nonetheless, if you can get Xavier Peters, you save another guy a year, a year that Josh Allen didn't get. Like, couldn't afford. I mean, I mean, this would have been Josh Allen. I mean, that, just, just think about that. He didn't redshirt. He was a true senior last year. It's stupid. It's just crazy. He could have been a junior. <laughs> it's just absolutely stupid. And at the spring game and leading into it, Brad White was really frustrated with his outside linebackers. Yeah. And I think a lot yeah. of it had to do with Jordan Wright mm-hmm. because it, he yeah. knows how good that kid is. But I think in practice they were struggling to get him to consistently perform. And then even after the spring game, Jordan Wright had a really good game. Yeah, he had, he was probably the best player of the game. And, you know, I think some of it is like it. I think that's the SoFo. Yeah, <laughs> you got that South Florida drip. Yeah, so if you all um, – when you all hear Chuck on the KSR Football Podcast, because there's a lot of – they get a lot of corners from SoFo, South Florida. And SoFo kids, there is a different kind of like – it's just a different kind of swag about them. They got all their swag. They're very – and it might be the case where he just – when the lights turn on, it's game time and he's ready to go. Hopefully that's the case because if not, you're right, Brad White was – I'm, I'm used to defensive coordinators being tight lip. He went on like six minute rant about just how terrible his guys were playing. I was like, oh my god. Yeah, he'll give <laughs> he'll give you some information. If yeah. you ask him the right questions. Sometimes too much. Uh, when you're standing there holding your phone, like, yeah, right, Brad, come on, my arm's getting tired. Um, but uh, nonetheless, we digress. We're not going to get into the specifics, but to kind of put a bow on the Devontae Robinson spiel, 
the good news, there's a lot of talent there. But And the head coach, this is his specialty. Yes. And it worked out well last time he the guys got thrown into the fire. Um so and it, it might be a thing where this team takes their lumps this year, but next year when they return a lot of guys, yeah. they'll have a bunch of dudes and they get Devontae Robinson back and then Yeah. You're a group that's really ready to rock and roll. Exactly. Um in and, and we've seen influxes where it goes from secondary's great, front seven sucks, flip it around. I mean, you know, the defensive line was the weakest unit going into last year and it being one of the better units. Yeah. You know, it just it, the, there's an ebb and flow to it, and I think that's especially the case of the defensive line this year. You just Phil Hoskins, Calvin Taylor, you dudes got to get some natural. They're, they're two. They're two to three deep at every position up front. They're, Those, they're really, really good on the defensive line. They just got to be explosive, stay in their lanes, mm-hmm. and make dudes th- throw bad putt. And yeah. Just hey, guys. Just capitalize on a few mistakes by the quarterback. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Um, but the next big point I wanted to get, I did briefly want to mention uh, the the big news out of the women's clinic. Courtney Love taking over Freddie's spot. I saw that. Yeah. Good he, for C-Love. Yeah, he's he's great. And dude. Freddie was a little di- unique in that role, just real quick, because he ha- I don't think he had really any aspirations to become a college coach. Right. Nine times out of ten in that role, that's kind of a way to get you in the building to help you move up the ladder. Mm-hmm. And so for Courtney Love, it's a great go one year as a grad assistant, get on a support staff role, and he's going to be a guy that's maybe fast-tracking to be, you know, a college football assistant and who knows, maybe joining the program a few years down the road as a real assi- uh, like a real position assistant. And I, and I think what's, uh, what Freddie did well is he had all the connections to the older kind of generation, like, hey, this is, forever, this is for all the former Kentucky football guys. The door is always open. Courtney – those relationships were established, and he was already in the building, so he knows those guys. He is a former. He's yep. a he's a freaking Warfel Trophy winner. Yep. The college football's best community servant. So he he checks all of the boxes, and uh, I, it's just it was a role made for him. And uh, hopefully he can hang around there for a couple of years. I know he can't be in the middle of the drills. Well, hell, I don't know what the restrictions are, but you better believe he's gonna be on the field. And one uh, thing Stoops practice. has shown that it's important to him is having former players around. And he's got a few on that staff that that played here. Mm-hmm. Maxwell Smith, Smith is, is a, a grad assistant. How, John Schlarman played here. Mm-hmm. So I, I, Maxwell Smith's been a GA. Like he has to have like three masters degree at this point, right? He's been around for a while. Because <laughs> I was I was thinking I was like he's been. This is his third season at least. I just turned thir- thirty to show you my age, and I'm pretty sure Max Smith was either my grade or you're above me while in school. Yeah, he's, yeah, that's or, yeah, that sounds right. He's been around a while. Y'all take like math one 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 nineteen together. No, I really didn't do math in the garage. I didn't. Either. <laughs> it was one on nine. That was the only. I took college algebra, and that was it. I regretted it. So it's awful. I did whatever I could to avoid calculus. Didn't have to take calculus. Numbers and letters ain't no fun. <laughs> no fun at all. Um, now, big news that came out yesterday. And I, I'm I'm wondering, curious, how much do you believe it or not? Darren Henshaw, he's ready to double Terry Wilson's passing attempts. Going to throw it 35 to 40 times a game this year. Mark Stoops has never had a quarterback throw more than 33 times a game in his career at Kentucky. Will Terry Wilson get 35 to 40 attempts a game? No. But what that what that quote tells me is that what they're telling the team is we're going to – we're going to run 80, 85 plays yeah. this year. Or – Because if you're, if you're passing the ball 40 times 
and you're not a tempo offense, you're essentially Washington State. Yeah. Because you're not you're not going to run the ball. But that tells me is they're planning on being a tempo team, and I think that's where Terry excels the best. But in this, I think we need to remember who the head coach is and what he wants to do. And that rushing stat he always gives out. Yeah, oh, he he the team that it. rushes for more yards in an SEC game wins umpteen like, percent of the time. I think there's only a one game that no, he, oh, he's, I think he's undefeated in that set. Yeah, still. Um, where if that when that happens, they win every time. So they're still going they're going to run the ball a lot, but I think. They want to pass the ball more. I think that's obvious. I think not not saying Benny Snell handcuffed them. I think now Eddie Grand and Darren Henshaw kind of want to show their chops. They got an experienced quarterback. They've got a stud at slot receiver. They got and, running and backs they, got some, they can roll in. They got a no. you know they're going to have running backs they can roll in. And they got most of, all of them are going to have like a big play factor yeah. except for maybe Chris Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. And then they've got some experience outside at receiver when you talk about. Isaiah Epps, Josh Ali have played. Ahmad Wagner has played. Gotten a lot of pass interference. Yeah. Flags. So, so I think they're Wind ready. Bowden. I think they're ready to kind of unleash that passing game. But at, at, but at the same time, this is still going to be an offense that leans towards the run. But they're gonna. I believe they're gonna play with more tempo because we talked about it on the last podcast to take advantage of all that speed they have. Yeah. On the outside. I, I think another thing too that there's, I think there's. I believe going into the season, I think the biggest question was we know that there's going to be more pressure on Terry and they're going to get, put the ball in his hands to make more plays. But the question was, well, exactly how much? I think this is the general range that they want to kind of have in mind. But I think there's also a caveat. Well, Terry only threw it 20 times last year, but I bet there were 30 pass plays called and he tucked and run so many. They checked out of some of them. I, I, I think the – 35 to 40 times is we're going to call that many of them, Mm -hmm. but that's going to change depending on what the defense gives them. Um, Because that's that's probably the thing we don't value enough is Terry Wilson's ability to run the football. Terry Terry was likely in a lot of fake RPO actions last year, Mm -hmm. whether it was like you're handing this ball off or if a certain thing has to happen for you to pull it, like a specific thing. I think now they're going to kind of give him more liberty to make decisions out there on the field. And his decision making ability is probably going to determine a lot of it. How how much yeah. big of a leash or, or lack thereof he gets from the offensive staff because that was what he struggled with last year. Yeah, making quick decisions. So I have a feeling he'll be much better at that. But we talked to that at length last week. I'm going to we're going to dive into the running backs now because it's a fun group, and uh, obviously you can't replace Benny Snell with one guy. It's just not going to be the case. But uh, mind you. When A.J. Rose was recruited in the same class as Benny Snell, many people, including myself. Me too. Yeah, I thought A.J. was going to be better. Yeah, and, me too. And it, it ultimately it came down to pass pro. He could he sucked at pass pro. Um, and I, st- I can't think of the game. It might have been Tennessee the year that Stephen dove in for the game when he touched down. But he got, he got put in for a play and immediately just whiffed on a block. Was it the possession Barker was in there? Stephen got hurt, might have been. Because I remember there was a big sack there. It was a big sack. And it was just like, dude, that was your guy. <laughs> like, and you, you know, but he just whiffed completely. And I, and he didn't see the light of day after that again. I think it was confidence, too, when he was young. Yeah. Yeah. I think we the, the, the redshirt, redshirt freshman year, I think, was really hard on AJ Rose. And Benny's never liked confidence. That was never a problem for him. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but AJ Rose, now it's his time to shine. What's your favorite part about AJ Rose's game? Just his size and his, his – every time he touches it, if he gets a crease, he has playmaking ability. 
He had, I believe it was 60-something carries, or 71 carries last year. 10 went for at least 10 yards. So that's one-sixth of his carries were yep. first downs. He had four 20-plus yards, and that, that kind of explosive rate, like if he carried that over a larger sample size, he'd be one of the two or three most explosive backs in the country. Mm-hmm. So if he can prove – and I wrote about this earlier in the summer, but I said if A.J. Rose can keep up that explosiveness and efficiency on a bigger sample size, really just the efficiency, if he can keep, you know, keep getting you ahead of the chains mm-hmm. and then – provide that big play threat, he's going to be he's going to run for over a thousand yards. He's gonna clear that easy even on less carries. But I think the big thing you're gonna see this year is Rose is obviously going to be R B one. Right. But in twenty sixteen you really had a balanced effort. Benny had hundred and eighty six carries. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was because he was the guy that would come in and milk the clock late in games. Boom had hundred and seventy one. Jojo had seventy. So then you throw in Terry Wilson, a running QB to that threat. I think you're going to see something like A.J., 170 carries a game – or not carries, carries per year, which averages out to, you know, not that many per game. And then you're going to see Terry get around 120, 130. And then you're going to have Cavassier Smoke probably get, you know, the next 80. Mm-hmm. So you're really going to have – like we ha- we didn't see the last two years. We're going to have a true rotation there at running back. Right. And – the the thing is, is that they they all give a little something different, um, and to to AJ Rose's point in particular, he's a big dude that is explosive. But the thing, and he's a good pass catcher because that was the one part. That's about, another thing I think he's going to bring to the table. Yeah, because that that's where Boom Williams just, dude. If he could have caught a football, and if he could have returned kicks. He'd still he'd be in the NFL playing bit roles, but he couldn't. He just didn't have hands, mm-hmm. and he didn't have durability either. Whereas Rose has, yeah, I mean, he's not going to score an eighty-yard. We're going to find out about his durability this year. That's true. That's true. We didn't really have to um, in years prior, but he's a big dude. He can. I think he can take a hit or two. And if you notice in every one of his runs, he's going downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so he had a touchdown against Georgia last year. Um, I believe he ended up scoring on it, and it was a lot of dumb luck. And it was dumb luck because he was moving downhill. The ball got tipped. It was a little, like, flare route. And it, it kind of bounced in his hands. It was almost Fred Tiller dropping the interception in the Florida guy's hands. And it he, – he, it, but he was in the right place at the right time. He was moving forward full head of steam. And he just kind of stumbled his way into the end zone. And that's the kind of plays that you get from A.J. where, oh, well, he's on his way down. Kind of like Benny would grind out chunks of yards like that, A.J. does it similarly – or he does the same thing in a different way. When it comes to short yardage situations, I think Kentucky's going to have to figure out what they're going to do because Benny – that's where Benny was so valuable. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if any back can do or, or, you know, make on third and two stuff at the line of scrimmage. Can you find a way to lean forward and get three yards? Rodriguez is built like it. Yeah. If, now, can he pass pro, though, if you yeah. want to do a play action out of it or something? But you – know. AJ might have had the best individual run of any player on Kentucky's roster last year with that South Carolina touchdown. Ooh. Where he breaks a few tackles, gets on an inside zone play. If you want to look it up, I even did an inside the play on that back in the season. Ooh, we'll okay. talk about that. 
but he makes he makes a few tackles, breaks a couple tackles on the gets outside, stiff arms a guy, breaks another tackle on the sideline, dives to the end zone and scores on a 20 24 25 yard touchdown run. Okay, I'm I'm looking at it live right now. So, Man, I just love beating South Carolina. Well, great read, makes yeah. one move. This is great podcast the material. The oh man, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I remember that play. That yeah. was a great play. So yeah. he 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 has that 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 big play, home run, splash, chunk playability that we yeah. really didn't get from Benny. No, that you just didn't get from Benny. And with that is going to come some things where Kentucky may not be as good in the red zone. Or may not be as good on short yardage play. Or first downs. But you they, know, if you're not getting ahead of the chains early. But they should be able, in theory, they should be able to make up for it in explosive plays because they didn't get hardly any explosive plays last year. That's going to be – And I'm that makes it hear, easier on your offense. I'm going to hear explosive so many times over the next month. I, I might go crazy hearing – how much more explosive this offense needs to get because that's going to be the name of the game. Because that's why I think when we're we're talking about this offense this year, we need to kind of compare it to that 2016 offense with more of a passing game involved because they're going to have that big play threat like Boone provided the offense and even Bidette to a certain certain extent providing yeah. big plays, which Bolden's going to hopefully provide yep. at receiver. And then you got A.J. Rose, Kovosia Smoke both have that you know, that Cavosier smoke run in the spring game where he puts that in middle linebacker in the blender that, and goes that, 82 yards. That, that would have been the longest play from scrimmage last that year. It was an impressive run. And then in the Louisville game, he's a guy that busted a big one and broke a tackle down the field for and punched it in for a touchdown. So those guys are bringing something that Kentucky just didn't have, I don't think, last year in the running game. And then if your passing game is more effective, that kind of running game can really be a backbreaker to opposing defenses. Uh, the thing about Cavassier Smoke that uh, I'm interested to get to know him because, hey, he's he's from Wetumpka, Alabama, which is the most Alabama-sounding <laughs> town I've ever heard in my life. Right outside Montgomery. He also – you can hear the Alabama in his voice too whenever, like, they're working out and stuff. And he's a – I, I love watching them go through. I, I normally didn't pay attention to the drills. I know I probably should have when I had open practices, but I like looking at the bigs hit each other. Um, but I love the shoulders over knees kind of style of running. And he he can be really good this year. And that's where that's where I think that this position is fun because there's so much untapped potential with all four of the running backs. And I'm throwing in my boy Travis Tisdale. I'm a big Travis Tisdale fan. And let, let me tell you why here, Lucky. Tisdale, no relation to Vito Tisdale, the recruit from Bowling Green. That's a safety and the son of Nappy Roots' big V. Travis Tisdale, he played at Lowndes. Valdosta. Yes. So, Lowndes is in the biggest class in the state of Georgia. Valdosta is obviously the third biggest city there. Second or third? Probably second, right? Behind uh, Atlanta? That's a good question. I don't really know. It's probably I've never second, really thought about making it. like third. So yeah, second biggest city in Georgia. That sounds about right. And so get this: last year when they played their rival Valdosta, he went for 413 yards and six touchdowns, 1900 yards and 21 touchdowns. He took them to the Final Four. He's a big time play guy. He's a he was an ESPN top 300 guy, but I don't know. I guess he didn't do the camp circuit, and so they just didn't pay attention to him. But he has the trunk of a uh, power back, but the explosiveness of a home run hitter. Mm-hmm. And I think 
the just the physical tools plus the intangibles that he brings to the table. I I'm putting some presumptions out there. But Raw counts a high character kid. Yeah, he, what I mean, we've heard exactly. Like he, you know, he's a military kid. His dad uh, is on the base there at the Air Force. Where I, it drives me nuts. I always forget the name of it, but I've stayed on it. My cousin is freaking on the base. Like I've been there multiple times, but I always forget the name of it. Um, but that's what brought them to Valdosta. And so if he brings in that kind of work ethic, that mentality, that same kind of mentality that Benny Snell had, I think he's gonna be one of those guys where Eddie Grand. His big thing is like make me play it. I think I think Tisdale's gonna make him play him this year. I think and he is my underrated watch out for this newcomer to play this year. When you talk we've gone we spent pretty much this whole segment talking about just explosiveness, home run ability in the offense. I think the staff has made it clear with how they've gone out and recruited that they they desperately want to get that back. Yes. Yes. From a running back standpoint. And Tisdale fits that kind of mold. He's he's what Bryant Kobach was Supposed to be. Oh, and now Brian Kobach's at Toledo, and we're going to see him week one. He kind of did what – for Toledo last year, what Kentucky kind of wanted in a, a back that you give nine, ten carries a game, and hopefully he just gets one crease, and then he's off to the races. Can I say, too, just briefly on Kobach, we'll get into him in the Toledo thing, but for all the people who are like, oh, Mark Stoops shouldn't block the transfer, blah, 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 blah. Well, you know what? It's – it's protocol for a reason. You don't invest in a kid and give him a redshirt year and then let him go to Toledo and then in his first year be second in touchdowns. Like, oh yeah, it's like like, like Kobach pulled one over on those guys. It's if Kobach's <laughs> going to be in the running for like Mac Player of the Year this season. Yes, and he totally. And that's you know, and and that's why I hated that. Uh, like when you first hear it, like oh Stoops is blocking a transfer. Everybody wants to pile on the coach. Let the player do what they want. At the same time, you're – Yeah, they did not want that kid to leave. They were <laughs> Yeah, he's good. He's going to be really good. Mm-hmm. And now he could come back and bite him in the butt and beat him in the first game of the year. But I don't think that's happening. Rockets, Vince Merrill isn't going to lose to you. Yeah. He built I you I didn't up. even think about that. Yeah. Oh, that'll, that'll be a storyline game week. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering – it would be fun. Like, I'm going to give Kyle – this is, sounds like an athletic story, to, like, go up to Toledo and talk to all of the big dogs' old teammates or something. Yeah, about that. That's a very like the, the athletic. We're gonna do a deep expose on the roots of so and so. It's right up their alley. There Athletics go, now like the third biggest employer in America. It feels like <laughs> right wait. up there with Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good looking. That was good looking. Um, so the running backs in general, though, how what are reasonable expectations for them? Reasonable, I think it's very reasonable to expect one guy to emerge and be a thousand yard rusher, have another thousand yard rusher in the offense. When was the last time they didn't have a thousand yard rusher? Twenty fifteen. Man, Shannon Dawson. Mm. Imagine that. Imagine that. Yeah, he got fired at Southern Miss. Yeah, he's gonna be. Uh, he's at Houston. Yeah, he's like there is Dana Holgerson. Back with Dana. Yeah. 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 Uh, huh. that, that experiment did. They work. were really bad on offense last year, Southern Miss. Yeah. Like really bad. They had a great like they had top twenty five defense and they didn't they only went six and six because their offense was so bad. Yeah, Ugh. but that should I mean, well the, he, I'm a Shannon Dawson basher for those of you that do not know, so that should not surprise you. But also that that Southern Miss team was really good. Nick Mullins, mm-hmm. Edo Smith. Oh, that first offense he had should have been <laughs> was, a lot they better. Were, they were really good. There's a reason why they beat Kentucky. Edo Smith and uh, Mullins playing in the NFL. Yeah, Edo Smith, one A back in Atlanta. 
Luke Mullins, Monday Night Football hero for the 49ers, <laughs> which was like, I remember when that game happened, and I was like, I know Hey, that we name. know that where, guy. Where? Yeah. And it, it took me a second because I'm like, where is this guy from? Like, did I – did he play high school football? I could take, like, I'm trying to rack my brain, and then oh, that, I tried to block out that memory. Um, what are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? Um, so that was the running backs. You know, they're going to be a – that's going to be a fun group to watch Saturday to see how they kind of distribute carries. And even though you can't really – like they're not going to be tackling by any means. But I'm, I'm going to be interested to see the rotation and to see – just how fast some of these dudes are. Yeah, my expectation is that it's going to be Rose and Smoke as like the heavy dogs out in front, and then can, as the season goes on, can a uh, Chris Rodriguez or your guy Tizel can they break into the rotation? Right, because that was something saying. Because King, you're going to need. Same thing couldn't do it. Eventually, you're no. going to need a third. Yeah, eventually. But and if an injury bites Rose or Smoke, how does that affect the offense? I think is going to be a big question. I yeah. think they're not super deep there right now. So that's a group that needs to stay healthy. But it's also – I don't think it's going to be asking as much as they did the last, last couple of years with, you know, that big work horseback and Benny Snell. Exactly. Who stayed healthy, and he bragged about it all the time. Um, by the way, I, I just – I was like, oh, whatever happened to Siam King? Where did he end up transferring to? Still has not been announced. Him or, or Jared Daniel. Yeah, I can't imagine Daniel. I saw today anywhere. Chris Whitaker – He's going to FIU, going back home. Yeah. Miami kid. Yeah, I don't – I guess – I don't know. I don't know if Saheem King. Interesting. I would guess FCS. Yeah. You'd think like Eastern Kentucky. Or he's from Georgia. He'd or go some, to Valdosta State or something. Like Kennesaw State or something like that. Yeah. yeah Valdosta yeah. State. Um, yeah. Huh. Surprised we never heard anything of that. Receivers. Do we want to get into receivers right now? It's your call. I can do it. Can you do it? Yeah. Can you dig it? Let's roll through it. Okay. Actually, no. Let's let's save it because we're going to do receivers and tight ends next week. That'll work. And what I w- do want to do, just some stuff to watch for at open practice because I did say when I started this podcast last Before week we, we want to keep wanna, it tight. I want to ask you – We're at 40 minutes. So. I want to ask you a question. Entering fall camp and in fall camp, we've had a couple surprises in the last couple of year, years. David Bouvier kind of came out of nowhere last year. And Calvin was Taylor was a star of camp. Kind of Calvin Taylor, I think the year before that, was kind of like, hey, watch out for this guy. Benny Snell, as a true freshman, everybody said, well, this guy's really damn good. Yep. And then he became a star. So what? who's your guy? Maybe uh, maybe a, an up, a guy that's been here a while that really hadn't broke in yet, or maybe a guy in the freshman recruiting class. Who's your guy that we get into a couple weeks in camp and that's like the buzz we're getting from campus that this guy's really showing out? I think Phil Hoskins is the guy. Mm-hmm. Phil, Phil Hoskins pick. is um, – he got some early buzz – like, Derek O'Bonk really liked just how disruptive he was. He's just really good at firing through holes. And LeBlanc, the reason why I like LeBlanc so much, aside from Brumball, is that there's there's two kinds of ways you can coach defensive line. One of them is kind of read and react. You, you just hit him, you get some extension, you fill the hole, and you see where the ball's going to be played. Whereas LeBlanc, they'll do that in some instances. They'll, they'll use that scheme. But a lot of times it's just get back in the backfield – through your gap that you're assigned to and disrupt. And that's what Phil Hoskins is really good at. But I think Phil Hoskins, I think that JUCO transition was harder than – not than most. Um, I mean, for Mel- Melvin Lewis is probably the only person who has ever seamlessly gone from JUCO. Sedarius. 
Yeah, yeah, Zadarius, I take that back. But he was kind of a can't-miss guy coming out of junior exactly. college. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, like C.J. Johnson, people forget that C.J. Johnson was second on the team in tackles as a defensive lineman. He had like 17 tackles in a game or something once. Yes, EKU. <laughs> yeah, that was stupid. That's just the dumbest number I've ever heard from an interior defensive lineman. But I, I think it takes those guys a little bit longer, and especially from a how to handle your weight and dieting and eating the right way when you went from – if you've watched Last Chance You to like just you're eating garbage or nothing to I'm got like all of this at my you know I've got all of this in front of me you know I, I have resources now so I, I think for Hoskins I think it took him a little while last year he had shoulder shoulder surgeries in the off season um, and he's a guy too that is just like in general just a nice guy to talk to mm-hmm. when you're at Fan Day Saturday Phil Hoskins great guy to talk to just a real nice guy he's like a Oh, hey, what's up, man? And then, like, he'll go out of his way to say hi to me every time. Stuff that, like, normal 21, 22-year-olds don't do. And I think that kind of, like, okay, I know that this year is the year i got to make some money. I think he's going to come out and be one of those guys who, I think last year he had three sacks, maybe, like, six tackles for loss, give or take. I think he can be, like, a 9-12 kind of range. And here's the thing with Hoskins. Right now, I don't think he's even starting on that defensive line. Yeah, I think Taylor is starting his spot. I think you're going to have – the starting three are going to be Carter – uh, Bo Hanna yeah. and, and uh, Calvin Taylor Jr. And so that's – you talk about Hoskins and Pascal coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got some dudes yeah. on that front. Yeah, man, and that's that's another storyline to watch throughout fall camp is, hey, how how, how healthy is Josh Pascal? Um, because I know we didn't really like it. But if you watch the Today Show bit where they – I mean, they took a chunk out of his foot. Yeah, it, I could imagine. Yeah, so it – and it's one of those where you, the good thing is is that you know that he has all that explosiveness and stuff, but just getting back into the the rhythm of things, I hope that 30 days of hitting each other around in practice will get that fire back under him and, you know, keep him healthy. Who's your guy as uh, let's, let's go step onto the scene and raise some hell in camp? I think eventually, even if they don't get the announcement, I think Xavier Peters is going to have to be kind of held back in camp because they don't know if they're going to have him or not. Mm-hmm. So that's going to open a spot at Jack. I think J.J. Weaver long-term is the defensive end in Kentucky's 3-4 scheme. So I think they kind of start that transition, and that leaves an opening for Katie McDaniel. Oh, and your this, boy. This kid is awesome. <laughs> I'm telling you all, he's awesome. Dude, he's, he's, got, he's got a great Georgia accent too. Him and Cavassier, best Southern accents on the entire team. He's going to play, and I don't think he's going to make an impact, but he's going to be a guy that's like, hey, watch out for this kid in the future. And I think down the road he's going to be – now he's not like pass rushing. He has a long way to go. But you talking about just he's brick squaring up on yeah. somebody, getting a push, and being disruptive, forcing uh, your blo- a blocker backwards and getting behind the line of scrimmage and creating havoc. Nice old bull rush, yeah. That's the that's the kind of player this guy is. He's a, he's going to be. A, I think he's going to be a great run stuffer. And now we'll see how he develops as a pass rusher. But he's going to be a force against the run. So that's that's one guy I have, and then. When you look at kind of some upperclassmen, I really like that Hoskins pick that you had, Nick. Mm-hmm. When it comes to oh, oh, another one I like too, Abule. Yeah, but that's, that's your it's, guy. It's crowded defensive line. I just like him too because he's just. I think hilarious. you're gonna hear them gush about Chris Oates. See, here's the thing with Abule too. He's basically, hey, Marquan McCall, if you don't if bully, you don't get your stuff together. Abule is getting Quentin Bohanna's mm-hmm. other reps at nose. But that's, my, that's what they're going to use. But my, my number one answer is Keaton Upshaw. Oh, yes. Good call. Good job. 
Good answer. Good answer. Had the red, number they, they one were, on the family feud board. They were gonna slowly play. They were gonna slowly play him until he got hurt. I think they were gonna play him four games, but they were gonna kind of get his feet wet. Yeah. So hurt. they had to redshirt him. He is enormous but human we, being. But we talk about the offense doing more, spreading the ball out more, getting out on the perimeter more. Keaton Upshaw brings something to that tight end position that they haven't had, and that's a guy that can get up the seam and vertically stretch mm-hmm. the field. And it's a huge target, six foot seven, 230, 240 pounds. He's, He's every bit of six seven. Too. He could be a guy that can really put a lot of pressure on defenses, especially if you're hammering at them with some outside stuff about just sneaking him up the seam and hitting him with a, you know, a quick 15, 20-yard pass, and then boom, it's a vertical play right there, explosive play right there. And then in the red zone, he's going to provide some stuff. Right, right. So, so I think I think he's a guy that they're really kind of itching to get into the mix and use as a part of the offense. And I think he could be a guy that really makes an impact, not as a starter, but makes an impact. Has a, a couple of big patches this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. And right. then of course everybody's favorite, Bob Wagner. I'm sure he'll get yeah. some. A couple jump balls. Yeah. yeah. Um, as far as stuff to watch for an open practice, I do hope that if you get the chance to go out there and watch practice this Saturday, it practice starts uh, – fan day festivities start at 9 a.m. So I j- just get there, get some autographs, meet the players. That's your best chance to actually talk to them and hang out with them. They're great guys. Stoops is rec- – I mean, they really are high-character guys. Um, the practice, I believe, is at either 10.15 or 11. I think it ends at 10.15 and they give them 45 minutes to get all Sounds about right. together and get out there to practice. But the reason why I really do implore you to get out there is because, A, the facilities are marvelous and you get to really experience them firsthand. But they're really like, – I still remember the first time I got to a U.K. football practice. Like, I thought DeMarco Robinson was a stupid athlete. <laughs> yeah, it was DeMarco Robinson. Like – the athletes that Stoops is recruiting, it really is. Like, even the – so there was a picture of, that Josh Ali had on Twitter where Lamar Thomas was, like, taking shots at him. I don't know who the guy was next to him. I spent an, too much time trying to figure out who the receiver or linebacker that was posing with Josh Ali was. I have no idea. And that's what we're working with right now is that even your guy who's only been in the program for a year – Look is shredded and an incredible athlete. I think a lot of that comes back to they're recruiting a different type of athlete too. They are developing the shit out of some of these guys. Yeah, but they're 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 recruiting some better you know some better players. And so you get them a couple years in the system. Mm-hmm. Some of these guys didn't really come from high schools that had a weight program. None oh of these, yeah. None yeah. of these guys hardly had were ever on any type of nutrition program. Right. So now they right. get them in here. They. You know they're superior athletes. They work them. They they teach them the right stuff to do, and then boom, you see results like that. That's what you should see at a big time college football program. You're going to see that. You thing is, I I don't think they can actually have shoulder pads on, which I hate because it's like, yeah, dude, if you got helmets on, just put shoulder pads on. It's just it makes things so much safer because the, they're not hitting the crap out of each you're other. You're really not going to see like you said you like to see the big guys buck. Yeah, I love, to, you're I not going to see that. I love Saturday. just the heads up, just get, just get the crunch and get the shoulders loose. You know, it's it's first week, let's get the shoulders loose a little bit. Uh you won't get that, but you're going to get one-on-ones with receivers and DBs and really that's your biggest question marks moving forward. Yep. Are the guys on the edges uh is and we're going to get to see Sawyer Smith throw the football. Yes, and that's the one I wrote. Sawyer Smith, big arm at Troy, still a big arm here? I don't know. We're going to find out. Um but Josh Ali, his he was when I got to watch. I think we got to watch two spring practices. He was the most steady guy aside from Lynn Bowden. Who, by the way, folks, if you, 
Wait, just 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 watch Limboden. <laughs> My God, he's so good. They don't need just put Limboden in the garage. We all know what we're doing. Oh from man, him. he's so freaking. Unleash good. him come week one, week two, week three. And you know who's going to be really entertaining too is our boy John Summerall. Oh yeah, he has juice, folks, and that's the only way to put it. Him and Cash Daniel are cut from the same cloth. Those dudes are fiery. I, there was there was one scenario where he like gets in the drills. He's just like right in the middle of them, and they do um, the little. What do you call the? They're almost like hoods. I don't know what you call, but they're the little canopies that force the linebackers to start low. Talking about the shoots. Yeah, the shoots. Yes. So they start the linebackers in shoots, and then they've got to go hit somebody six yards away, something like that. Mm-hmm. And they were doing a drill this spring, and. Summerall was just like, is somebody going to hit somebody or am I going to have to do it? You know, like, just so much fun to watch. So just keep an eye on him throughout practice as well. And we haven't really seen it yet with Summerall, but he's going to be a guy that really makes an impact on the recruiting trail, especially in the deep south. He's got a couple of them so far. So Uh, far. Got the Derek Jackson guy. mm -hmm. I mean, hell, he got Quandarius Robinson, a dude who went to Alabama from Birmingham to officially visit. He's going to get some some blue chips up here from from down there. So. I'm really. I was really excited about the hire. That's who I wanted them to go after. That's who I thought they would go that after. That was that was the ultimate. Like, folks, if you don't think Adam Luckett knows what he's talking about, when I texted him, uh, it was hell. It was probably right after it was House right, left. Yeah, and right. I was like, all right, who's some assistant that I don't know about that's going to be a candidate? And Summerall was the first name you said, and you told me his resume. I'm like, dude, they got to get this guy. Yeah, <laughs> and, was, and they did, and they did. It was Almost a no right brainer. It was a no brainer hire. They got to go after, and they got him. Yeah. This guy brings a lot of energy, and he's got recruiting chops, and that's something to be excited about moving forward. And he's got a guy that I'm really excited about in a position that's going to be one of the more interesting in camp. Mm-hmm. is that will spot. Mm-hmm. Jordan Jones is gone. Mm-hmm. Chris Oates is more net, probably the he's going to be the Mike when Cash leaves. Yes. But Cash has got another year left. Right. So how much do you and play this, square versus Oates? Yeah. How do you rotate Who, him? Yeah, that's, what I'm, that's the one thing to watch for. Who's running with the ones and how often are they rotating because they're going to do some team passing drills we'll see mm-hmm. and some pursuit drill that you'll seven see. On seven. Yeah. 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 So who's, who's – how's that kind of shaking out because he needs to be on the field. I like that you noticed, too, that, that Square, I think 43 is objectively a fantastic inside linebacker yeah. member. I don't know what, I don't even think I can name a 43 great linebacker, but he's dropped down to 17. I was like, that's kind of weird. And you remembered our boy Schnetti, yeah. Jeff Schnettiger. He's wearing the Jeff Schnettiger. I don't even call it, it's just the Jeff Schnettiger. Oh, just the hardest hitting boy in the Southeastern Conference. He didn't wrap up, but boy, he'd put a helmet in the middle of your chest. Yeah, he'd, he'd bring some wood. And then get a 15-yard penalty. We just need to get square. He cut the uh, he cut the braids. Now he's just got to grow out the stash. And then, boom, Jeff Snedeker. Another number I like to see, I like when edges or defensive ends rock the single digit. Yes, uh, Jared Casey's a six. Jared Casey's a six. Yeah, that's Xavier a, that's, Peters is a five. Oh, uh, yeah, that's that's good. So one. in the future, nine we is, five and six come screaming off the edge. Nine is the best because I believe that was Cl- – was it Clowney nine? Seven. Seven. But nine is my favorite for an edge. Oh, gosh. Got to love to see the, the – my favorite, though, is the Nosemen that are, like, number one, number two, number three. Northwestern had a big big white boy, <laughs> number one. He became my favorite player in college football that year. But, yeah, how come we haven't really seen the double zero? I think Northwestern was a guy that has double zero. It was, like, the one of the first time I saw it. And it was, I just remember it because they had that stupid little silver stripe across their oh, yeah. purple uniforms. But. 
Well, that's an odd way to end it, but I think it's time to wrap things up. Folks, it's going to be an exciting weekend. We've got Media Day on Friday where we will have a ton of coverage on KentuckySportsRadio.com, followed by a fantastic day on the practice field Saturday where Luck and I will both be there. Jack Pilgrim will probably be there. The, the whole, everybody's going to be there watching the Cats practice to kick off training camp. And frankly, we can't wait here at 11 personnel. So thanks for listening. Please subscribe on iTunes. You can check us out on Spotify as well. That's an easy way um, for all everyone and, out there. And drop us a review, please. Oh, yes. The rates and reviews, they certainly help a lot. Give us some lot. feedback. Yeah, and, uh, you know, if you want to sponsor the show, hit up uh, Maria at KentuckySportsRadio.com. That's her email address. She's very good at her job. We're very good company men, me and Mr. Roush. Yes, We will yes. spread the word. Yes, we, oh, we will totally sell out. In a heartbeat. Just get at us. Yes, please. And thanks for listening to episode two of 11 Personnel.